The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're so happy that you've joined us today. This is your host for The Career Confidant, Marie Zimanoff, and we are going to be continuing to talk about great topics in career advancement, job search, all of those tools and resources that you need to move forward in your own career. Today we are excited to have a guest with us that's going to talk about an area that we don't always get to cover on the show, but we're going to talk today about resumes for the rest of us or resume strategies for those of you who have never needed one before. And we'll talk through some of the situations you might be in, why you've never needed one before, and then we'll talk through some strategies for you. And I keep saying we because I have a wonderful guest who's joining me today, Kathy Keschenberg of A Career Advantage in Appleton, Wisconsin. Kathy is a nationally certified resume writer along with myself. She's been writing resumes since 1983. So she works mostly with people who are non-executives, nurses, blue-collar workers, teachers, administrative professionals, and new graduates. And we know that you face specific challenges, so I brought Kathy here today to talk about some of those. So, Kathy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Marie. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm so, so happy to have you. And, you know, these, job, these tips that we're going to be talking about are applicable to job seekers in lots of different professions. And some of these strategies, even executives might use in a specific situation, but we're going to talk specifically about people who've never needed a resume before. Tell me a little bit about what types of clients you see, what types of candidates that have never needed a resume before. Why, why haven't they needed one in the past? Well, in the past, um, in a lot of professions, they really um, weren't required to have a resume. They went in and filled out a job application and were hired for a production job or or a nursing position or a dental assistant. These kinds of pe- people didn't need a resume, and so I get calls quite often saying, "Help! I've never needed a resume before," or or someone may have been in the same position for 22 years and has not needed a resume in the past, and so they really don't know where to start for putting one together. So I, what I'd like to do is just share um, some different, the different components of a good resume and what goes into a resume and um, how, how you identify that, that information. 
Yeah, and what's changed? Why do they need a resume today when they never needed one before? It's just become kind of a different hiring market. Um, Companies are asking for resumes now when they may have not in the past. A lot of companies have moved into using electronic um, software scanning, that sort of thing, to weed out um, people because they get so many applicants for jobs. So by having a resume, they can run that resume through the ATS software, and if the right keywords aren't there, that cuts down the number of resumes that human eyes have to, have to review. Okay, good. Good. So let's start with thinking of of those of my listeners out there who might be in that situation. What tips do you share with them? What are the top three or four things that you share with them? Okay. All right. Well, first, it's real important to understand that a resume is a marketing piece. Um, In days gone by, a resume was simply a document that stated where you worked, what you did, and where you went to school. But now the resume has has evolved. So if you think about, for instance, going into a car dealership and picking up a brochure about a new car, they're going to outline the features and benefits of that car the air conditioning, the cruise control, the heated seats, the gas mileage, those sorts of things. With a resume, you're marketing yourself. So you need to describe your features and benefits. So are you a team player? Are you innovative? Are you a problem solver? Organized, flexible? What are the core strengths? Um, What is your value proposition? What qualities make you different from others who will be applying for the same types of job? What differentiates you from your competition? So this is the sort of information that we want to include in in the resume these days. Okay. And what should they know? You talked a little bit about technology. What should they know about that technology, if anything, as they're creating their resume? Okay. Well, first what we like to do when, 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 I, when we put together resumes, and I see this very often now, is we start with an opening summary. And so this is a great place for you to use that marketing terminology and to express what your value proposition is. And this is also a great place for you to include those key words. Now, a lot of people will say, okay, you're telling me I need key words. Well, how do I find those key words? The best thing that you can do is look for job postings. So go online and put in the job title that you are interested in and find job postings, and you'll go through those postings and start highlighting words that you're seeing often for that type of a job, and those are your key words. And so those are the words that you want to make sure and get into that opening section of your resume. Okay. And... That's one of the things I usually talk about is that the best use of monster or career builder is to find job descriptions so that you can create your resume. Not necessarily that you're going to apply to a lot on there, but it's a great way (laughs) to find these keywords. Right, right. And I always tell my clients, you know, it doesn't, you're not going to apply for these jobs. You just want to find representative jobs that would be of interest to you. So geography doesn't matter, just search for for them. And it's also, too, I mean, a lot of times people will come um, and not really know where they want to go next. So looking at Monster or Indeed um, for different jobs, you get to see what the qualifications are, what the job responsibilities are, and that sometimes gives job seekers also some clarity as to where they see their, their career going next. Yeah, good. 
All right. So the summary is really a place for them to maybe do that commercial, as you were talking about at the very mm-hmm. beginning, the, the key points about themselves. And then tell me a little bit about how they or what the role of accomplishments is. Why are accomplishments so important today mm-hmm. on resumes? Okay. And accomplishments are really what, what validates the job seeker and their skills. So it's important. Um, there's a couple of, of side points people need to understand. Is first, the purpose of the resume isn't to get you a job, but instead it's to land you an interview invitation. Um, and second, you can't create a generic resume that's going to be effective for any type of position. So a targeted resume is going to work so much better for you. For example, if a job seeker has a background in sales most recently, but 10 years ago they were in logistics, it's not possible to write one resume to reach both audiences. The skill sets are too diverse. So for the so the first thing you need to understand is where you see yourself going and then what skills are going to be in, important. And so we find all of that in... Um, in, in the job postings. Then the next thing to do, write that summary, and then we get into um, into your experience section. So what we want to do there is start with your company name, the dates of employment, job title, and then just a two to three sentence paragraph that describes overall job duties, just kind of a helicopter view. You don't need to include every single detail. Following that paragraph, are two to three bulleted points that talk about your accomplishments. Very often when I mention accomplishments, I hear the, I hear the, the, the response, I didn't do anything special or I didn't receive any awards. So sometimes the word accomplishments can be acute, confusing. What, you're, what I'm really looking for are contributions that the job seeker made to the company's bottom line. Did they make money for the company? Did they save money? Did they solve a problem? Very often with executive-level clients or, or clients who are in management positions, identifying accomplishments and quantifying them and so forth isn't very difficult, but it's not always the case with the job seekers that we're talking about today. Um, they show up on time, they do their job, and for the most part, it's the same every day. And so very often they need, need some help figuring out what their accomplishments might be. So, for example, um, I worked with an arborist a while back. His job was to go to the customer's home each week, apply treatment. And as he described it, he didn't think that he really made a difference in any way. Um, After talking, we came up with a couple of contributions. First, um, he noticed that he was being sent to the same residence once or twice a week sometimes for different applications. So he started laying all the jobs out for the whole week, and he consolidated trips to eat. To a particular residence, and that saved the company man hours, payroll dollars, and fuel. So he saved the company money by just being proactive and planning his schedule out. Uh, the second thing he did while he was at a customer's home, he would observe conditions of the neighbor's trees. Now, often the diseases he was treating would move from tree to tree, and he would see that the neighbor's tree was showing signs of infestation, so he would go knock on the door and talk to them if they were home or leave them information. So by being observant and proactive, he was able to land more clients and increase revenue for his for his employer. So that's kind of one way that we can we can find accomplishments. Um, 
another gal, she was an accounting manager for a local town. She noticed that every year she was asked for the same information for an annual audit. So she took the time to create a form and access where she would just need to change dates. And so that really streamlined the process and saved time, improved productivity in the office, that sort of thing. Um, Good. So those are just some examples. Yeah, and I often talk to people about thinking about projects instead of accomplishments. Mm. What were some of the projects you worked on? Or as you were saying, what are some of the ways they saved money, made money, earned more business? Mm -hmm. You know, some of that might be dependent on the role. But thinking about it in a different way, not necessarily that it has to be this huge accomplishment, that word, as you said, can be scary, but it's how did they make things better where they were, what wouldn't have happened if they weren't there, all of those types of questions. Yep, what was different between them? I think the bottom line is is that employers are looking for two things. They're looking for leadership skills and problem-solving skills. So any way that a job seeker can demonstrate that they've used those skills in the past, um, it's going to get the attention of a hiring manager. And also I like to remind um, clients to keep in mind that whatever they include for their bulleted statements for their accomplishments is um, these these statements can lead to questions during the interview. So first, only include actions that you want to discuss or that you want to repeat in next career. So if you worked on a project that you really didn't like and you never want to do it again, don't include it on your resume. And um, also have some backstories prepared so that if, you know, for each statement that you put on your resume, have an, a story expanded so that if you are asked about it in the interview, you can launch into what went into making that contribution. Okay, good, good. Well, we'll be back in just a few minutes. We're going to take a short break. We'll come back and keep talking with Kathy about resumes for those of you who may not be used to needing a resume. We'll be back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive. They shake up your status quo, get your thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow, and move you in new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for our special series on The Digital World. Learn how to be the savvy leader who looks ahead to the next wave of business innovation. Digital World with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we are talking about resumes for those of you who aren't used to needing a resume with my guest, Kathy Keschenberg. And Kathy, we were just talking about resumes for people who have not needed one in the past and and how do they make sure they get accomplishments in there, whether they be an arborist, as you were giving your example, or a machinist, those, those people who aren't used to needing that resume. So you did a very good job kind of outlining the structure, going from the summary, which is where they're highlighting their key points, then the experience section where they want to make sure they've got the data, when, where, and and the dates, and then also some accomplishments or some stories of projects that they've done or ways that they've made things better. So let's switch gears here and talk a little bit about college graduates. They haven't needed a resume before because they've been in school. What are some of the key things that they should be thinking about as they look to put together a resume? Okay. Yeah, that's, and you know, these first career resumes are really a challenge because they don't have any real world experience to talk about their their accomplishments and that sort of thing. So um, the first thing that we, we want to look at is the format is, is slightly different. With job seekers who have been in the workforce for a number of years, we, we do the summary and then we go right into their employment and at the end we list their experience or their education typically um, just listing the degree earned in the school. But with new college grads, um, Right after that opening summary, which is really important in this case because in, you know, with a new college grad, we do want to outline what their strengths are um, relevant to their new career path. But following that summary, we want to go right away into education. And at this point in their career, we're going to include a lot more. So for this first resume, we can list relevant courses that are relevant to the the jobs they're going to be seeking. We can include any internships that they might have might have participated in, any extracurricular activities, any clubs or whatever that they might have been involved in. And so we really want to expand that education system because at this section, because at this point in their career. That's their strength. Um, we can also include, you know, there any paid employment, any volunteer activities. Um, so any, anything that we can think of to include in that resume, we're going to. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about that the one of the challenges is knowing where you're headed, right? And you talked about searching for job postings. How do you work through that with a new graduate? How, what are some of the things that they can do to narrow down that focus? Hopefully, by the time they've spent four years in college, we hope that they have a focus, but at times they don't. And so I go back to the, to the same advice I give, I give other job seekers is just 
go through monsterindeed.com, all of those places, and really look at job postings and see what looks interesting to you or find out companies that you might be interested in, in working for and go to their site and see what kind of opportunities they have open. So it's just a matter of, of looking through postings, what's interesting to you. You don't want to you know, launch, a, launch a career in a job that you really, really don't want. But I would really hope that by the time they've had four years in college, they've figured out where it is that they want to go. A little bit, at least. Yeah, and they might also think about classes that were their favorite. They might find resources within the school or maybe with even within their college. So they make sure that they use those resources, too, right? I often mm-hmm. find students Absolutely. who aren't using those resources. Yeah, there's always career counselors and that sort of thing that, that will, will be helping helping with them, help them figure that out. So, um, I mean, and, and then, too, I mean, it's capitalizing on everything that, that you have to offer. Offer. So when putting, you know, the resume together, um, I did one just recently for a um, um, young man who was looking for an internship. He's in his third year. He has one more year to go, and he's in graphic design. And, and so I kind of, you know, did a heading, graphic designer. Right underneath it, I put um, just three words that really described who he was, creative, motivated, and detail-oriented. And then right under that, seeking summer internship. So it was real clear right at the beginning what he wanted to do and who he was, what he had to offer. Um, and then I just kind of did a what I do best. So instead of doing a summary um, I just put in a few bullet points about what he did best, turns concepts and ideas into reality, um, passion about, passionate about creating worlds and landscapes, analyze problem situations. So I just picked five of his key points and put those into, into just short statements. Um, with him, and unfortunately, this is one thing, my granddaughter is going to college in the fall and I'm adamant about her um, becoming involved in, in some sort of clubs or associations or something and taking a leadership role because you really have a lot to work with or a little bit more to work with on a resume if um, the, the new college grad has got some, some background in working on campus and different, and different roles. Um, this young man didn't, and so I kind of built a notable strength section into his, his part-time retail job and highlighted that he was a team player and that he um, process improvement. He did some things, suggested procedure to um, assist customers, um, check out quicker onli- on, online, and um, also his attention to detail. So there's ways that you can build things into the resume that, that still, they're not necessarily accomplishments that would be there in a paid position, but they do still have those qualities. Yeah, and the best the best advice a student can take is to do those things early, right, and not wait until their senior year and then realize <laughs> that they don't have anything to put on a resume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I did a I did a great resume. A friend of mine, and this this young man was involved in you know several different initiatives um, on campus that you know really made a difference. He organized a, an electronic recycling day and that sort of thing. And so he took a leadership role in everything that he was involved. And so I had 
I had enough material actually with him to have a two-page resume because he had done so much. And so it's real important for, for people to guide their children into becoming involved in extracurriculars. Yeah. Well, since you talked about it, let's talk a little bit about the one-page versus two-page. Mm. Let's talk about it for students, and then let's talk about it for those people who may be in the other types of jobs we were talking okay. about versus you know, manufacturing or whatever that might be. Yeah, whatever, it, whatever it's going to look like. Um, typically, new college graduates are a one-page resume, and there's usually not... A reason to go to two pages except if, you know, they're involved in everything under the sun. Um, but a, a one-page resume is, is fine there. And, and usually, too, with um, production people, um, nurses, sometimes teachers we get into two pages, but for the most part, it's a one-page presentation just because there aren't a lot of... Um, quantifiable accomplishments and that sort of thing. It also depends on, too, how many positions a person has held. And so if they've been in, in the workforce pretty much in one position, just a couple of different capacities, that's going to be a one-page resume. But if they've held you know, a number of jobs then, that are applicable and that we want to include a two-page resume is sometimes where it ends up. I guess yeah, and sometimes is, with you know, students. You want, mm, oh, I'm go sorry. ahead. No, you want it to be readable. You want enough white space, and you don't want to end up with you know four lines on the second page. If that's the case, you know, if it's going to be a, if you're going to do a two-page presentation, at least a page and a half. Yeah, good. And sometimes I'll talk to graduating students that want to do something where the people are expecting more experience or maybe even want to go into academia. And those things then it's expected that they'll have a two-page resume, right? Because they may not really be applying to new graduate types of positions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The page, page length is just dependent on what we need to include, what their goal is, what their background is, and I have no problem with a two-page resume as long as everything that we put on that resume is um, relevant and is supporting their candidacy. It's just fine to have a two-page resume, in my opinion. Good, good. Well, what are some of your final tips here for people of if they haven't needed a resume before and they're, they're embarking on that journey, what are maybe two things that they should keep in mind? And then I'll let you share your information with our listeners in case they might want to connect with you. Okay, great. Um, always think with the end in mind. So think about the position that you're going to apply for. What are the skills that 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 employer is going to be looking for and how in your past experience did you demonstrate those skills? So if if you're writing your resume from that perspective, you're going to catch someone's attention. Um, The other thing is proofread and have three more people proofread and then proofread it again. So you really don't want to send in a resume with errors and I see very, very many of them come through for for assessment, and so you really don't want to make that first impression, you know, with with mistakes. Yes, definitely. So those are my two 
two points. Um, my business is A Career Advantage, and my website um, is acareeradvantage.com. Email is kk at acareeradvantage.com. And um, I do offer complimentary assessments. There's a form on my site that if anyone would like me to take a look at their resume and offer some advice, I'd be happy to do that. Perfect. And Kathy, again, that's acareeradvantage.com, right? Yes. We always have, I, I always have to say little, little A, or letter A, and then careeradvantage.com because just career advantage isn't going to get to me. Perfect. Well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your expertise. And I, I, you shared great tips for people who are getting started with their resume. So thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me, Marie. Yeah, and listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. We're going to talk through some strategies for gaps and some other things that will help you work on your resume. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Conversations concerning money can be a bit daunting. There can be limitations with building wealth. And in general, people don't want to discuss their money until now. Listen each week for Conversations with Money featuring Franco Calagiri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our guests make money the conversation piece. How to build and maintain wealth, working with charities, and money and family members. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the career confidant with marie zimanoff if you have a question or comment for marie or her guest today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to marie at a strategic now back to the career confidant Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we've been talking about resumes for the rest of us. 
So if you've never needed a resume before, the market has changed, right? And now if you work as a server in a restaurant or a manufacturing person or even an auto body shop, I was working on a resume today for an auto body, auto body shop gentleman, they never needed, a, never needed a resume before. And now all of a sudden we're in this very competitive workspace where people want this nice, clean, crisp information. Maybe they don't want to deal with applications. As Kathy said, maybe they're using some kind of applicant tracking system that they need to feed your document through. Whatever the reason is, today you're more likely to be asked for a resume. So if we're thinking about kind of this resume piece, a lot of people don't have this nice, neat, clean experience, right? And so the first thing you would want to do is sketch out your experience as Kathy recommended. Title, business, dates. That's the information employers are looking for. So get it all down, almost like you were going to fill out an application, get it all ready. Then we need to sit down and really think about, as we were talking about before, what's your focus If you're looking to change careers from being an arborist to a packaging manager in a brewery, which is a specific situation of a client I worked with a while ago, then the resume has to be focused towards that second position, right? It's not going to work to build a resume that shares how great of an arborist you are when you're looking for that type of position in manufacturing, packaging, distribution type of work. And so as you're looking at your work experience, then you want to think about, okay, what what experiences did I have there? What projects did I work on? What problems did I solve that will be similar to that required in this new environment? And at first you might think nothing, right? <laughs> What what does having an arborist and being in a manufacturing setting have in common? But interestingly enough, that story that Kathy shared first about her arborist would be applicable in that situation, right? This person noticed that they were going to the same houses multiple times per week. And so they created a system where they looked ahead at the week and adjusted the schedule to improve productivity. That example in the right language would be very applicable in this new environment. It's just that we have to have the focus first and then we have to think about what makes sense to share from our positions and how can we communicate that in the language of the new employer. Right, we're going to cut out some of the arborist language. We're not going to talk about the specifics of a project. We're going to leave that language a little bit more generic and pull in some of the specific language that would be used in the new environment. So that we can paint this picture of someone who will fit right in, right? We want someone to look like they'll be a great fit in this new position without stretching the truth. So you start to put together your work experience and and you notice maybe that there are a few gaps. Maybe you were unemployed for a couple of years here. Maybe you went back to school there. Maybe you had this job at 
a restaurant which doesn't seem to have any relevance at all, how can you pull those things together, right? Well, what we know is that in the best case scenario, you'd have a resume that looks somewhat chronological, right, where it has the summary that Kathy talked about, but then it walks backwards chronologically through your experience and lists those kind of success stories we've been talking about in the context of where they happened. So if you talk about that you noticed that your schedule wasn't efficient and you fixed it, if it isn't connected to where you did that, that might be kind of hollow, right? It doesn't, it can't be verified as as well. And so employers really like that chronological format. So a few things you could do. You could put all of your experience in line and focus more on the positions that are relevant by including more data. And maybe the two years that you were at the restaurant are one line, maybe two lines, general information. And the experience that's more relevant where you have accomplishments that are going to speak to the new employer takes more space on the page. The dates might be tucked in instead of all the way out there to the right margin that you see on some resumes so that they aren't as obvious. If you're missing a couple of years, maybe three or four years back, you may want to fill that gap one-liner that you were taking care of children, one-liner that you were returning to school, list the institution and the classes that you were taking, or you may find that if that gap wasn't that recent, that there really is not as much reason to fill those holes. People might wonder where you were. You'll probably have to fill that in on some applications. So you'll want to think about how you're going to answer that question but play around with filling that gap or leaving it blank and see what looks the best to you and what gets you the most opportunities in terms of interviews. Now, thinking about your resume and you've got this this basic document started, right? As Kathy said, we want to make sure we're including some accomplishments. We want to make sure we're including stories of how we made things better. And that's challenging for a lot of people as we were talking about, but it's really going to make you stand out versus just listing duties of operated forklift, operated, you know, power tools. Well, so did everybody else. And those things are important to include because they're most likely going to be the basic requirements for the job. But that's probably not enough to compete against the rest of the people who are applying to that position. How did you add value where you were? How did you do something that made the business better? All of those elements that go beyond just duties are really going to make a big difference in how an employer looks at you versus your competition. So maybe one of the other reasons that people have a gap is because they'd stayed home with kids. Perhaps you're a stay-at-home mom or dad. And maybe similar to that college student, you want to think about ways that you can stay in touch while you're doing that. Whether it's volunteering, 
whether it's taking some classes, how can you stay connected to your industry while you're a stay-at-home parent? How can we fill that gap for you with something that's relevant and shows employers that you've been keeping up your skills? And if you're thinking about going back to school and you've been in that situation, now's the time, right? To find that online class, find some way to get up on what's going on in your industry. Might just be a Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel, Microsoft Access class. It might be a PMP certification, right? I worked with a lot of individuals going back to work that went to get that project management certification. Might be a volunteer thing if you want to go into the nonprofit arena, especially. A great way to get into that arena is volunteering. So now might be the time to go in and start that path so that you can put those things on your resume. But maybe more importantly, you can get your foot back into the industry, start building your network, and start getting your head back into the day-to-day work life versus the day-to-day very work life of taking care of your children, elderly parents, whatever it might be that's kept you out of the workforce for whatever amount of time it's been. Then we want to communicate that experience almost like it was a job. So if you are volunteering for your children's school and you're running the fundraisers, I want it to sound like a job. Give yourself a title. Tell me what you've done. Tell me the details just like you would if it was a job. What's, what software are you using to manage that process? How much are you raising? Yes, it's all within a team, so tell me about that team. But in, in essence, you're making that volunteer gig into a job and sharing the same pieces that you would for that job. Communicating relevant skills in context of an activity, a job, if you will, versus just listing them out separately. We want to give them some validation, some credibility by talking about them in context of where they happened. And again, the more relevant uh, language we can use, the better off we'll be. So as you're thinking about putting together your resume, if you've never had one before, that's the challenge. Where are you headed? What do you need to share about your background? And how can you communicate accomplishments that are relevant to where you want to go? So we're going to take a short break here again, and we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about students and some of the different strategies that you can use in your resume or that your children can use in their resumes if you're a parent of college or or even high school students. And then we'll touch briefly on some of the strategies for using your resume to improve your job search. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network 
you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career? You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying, but when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune in to Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increase margins, listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Business. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about resumes and resumes for the rest of us, right? How can you write a resume if you've never had to write one? What's most critical to make sure that you include? And we've talked a little bit about the structure and some of the key parts. Now let's talk about students in particular. So students get into this situation where they don't have any quote-unquote experience or maybe they don't feel like they have any relevant experience it's been at the student center or in a fast food restaurant or if you're like me at the library whatever it is that just doesn't feel like it's completely relevant to where you want to go and so you've got to figure out how to get one some of the right keywords on there and two, some of the experience that you do have that shows that you know how to use the tools that you've been taught. That will help you stand out immensely in the market and be very appealing to employers who want to minimize the training te- time for their new graduate hires as much as possible. One of the great ways to do that, and we talked to Kathy about it a little bit, is to include details about relevant projects class projects, extracurricular projects that add value for that resume. So this is particularly important and and it's also becoming easier to do because schools have gone to so much group work where you're doing group projects. Well, they're doing that in some ways to uh, respond to employers' requests for it, right? Employers wanted employees to be able to work in teams, problem solve in teams. And so universities increased the group work within their settings. Use that. 
tell those stories, call out those projects almost like you would jobs on your resume, tell what your part was, tell what the outcome was, write those stories in your resume. They still need to be clean and crisp and they don't need to use pronouns, I, me, and my. And they can still be in there and very, be very good at showing how you've used the skills that you've been learning. So if you're in finance and you had to do a project where you were researching this or that or where you were taking a spreadsheet of, of fake data and turning it into this or that, tell those stories. That's what employers want to hear. And it's that proof that you know what you're doing, right? It's a little bit of proof that you've used the skills that they want you to be able to, to use. Now, thinking about that a lot of you might be going back to school, you'll want to think very critically about how you format your resume. So if we're thinking about that you're a new student, there might be two different camps that you fit in. The first one would be that new graduate who wants an entry-level position, has very little experience, Education is going to be the most relevant thing for that person. So they were going to want to put their education right under that qualifications section or summary section because that's the most relevant thing. They're going to highlight that they're a new graduate, which can be to your benefit, right? People want to hire new graduates for certain types of positions. And so that's a great way to position yourself. Now, on the other side of things, you may have worked for a while, and now you're going back to school, and you're hoping to build on where you've been. You're hoping to continue to advance somewhat. Maybe you're taking a little bit of a step sideways, but you don't want to go all the way back to entry level. And we talked about this a few weeks ago when we talked about how to change careers without starting over. But on your resume in that situation, you may not want to lead with your education. You want to lead with that experience. Show people that you have that experience. You belong at the the mid-level, whatever that might look like. And then now you have some recent education to back it up. Maybe you're highlighting that education briefly in your summary, but the details are at the end of your resume where the education is for most experienced professionals. Now, you may be in a rare case where you're changing careers so completely that that education is still the most important thing. So I was working with an administrative assistant who was getting their counseling degree. You can't be a counselor without a counseling degree, right? So it's very important that that counseling degree is on the top of the resume, right under a summary. We want to show the practical experience that that person got while they were doing their counselor degree, the practicums, internships, with that education. And then we also want to show that administrative experience as kind of a backdrop that, hey, I've got my counseling degree, but I'm not a new graduate. I've got this life experience that I bring with me. And guess what? There's value there. We don't want to leave that out. It's going to help you compete against your fellow students who are recent graduates, right? 
it's going to appeal to those hiring managers who maybe want someone that has that life experience and brings a little bit different strengths to the picture. And that can be very helpful for you to include that. But again, you might want to put that education first. The biggest point here is realizing that what you choose to do with your structure of your resume will impact how you're seen. It impacts what people think about you. That education first is going to indicate a new graduate entry-level position, that type of job. So if we make that decision, we just want to be aware that that's where we're positioning ourselves. Now, if we're an older graduate, again, we want to include that work experience for a couple of reasons. One, that we want to make sure they see our differentiation, our life experience. And two, that we don't want to come through the door at 45, 55 years old when they're expecting someone who's 21, 23, because that's what our resume looks like. We want to be a, have a good balance We might not want to show all of our years, and we do want to make sure that we're not doing that kind of bait and switch with our age to where then they feel like they don't have an accurate picture of who we are before we walk in the door. You've got that experience. Use it to your benefit versus letting it be kind of that Achilles heel that that nips you at the end. Most of all, when you're, when you're thinking about writing your resume, a few key things I would, I would suggest. One is to be very cautious when looking at online examples. There's nobody policing, policing that, right? There's nobody saying that this is a good example and this is a bad example. Go to the library. There are still resume books. Some of them haven't been updated for a while, but if they've got, you know, anything around 2008 publication date, you'll have good, clear examples that have been reviewed by a publisher. They're as up-to-date as they can be. If you're looking online, start through some of the, the professional associations. National Resume Writers Association, the nrwa.com which Kathy and I both have our certifications from or the resumewritingacademy.com they pro- provide a credential called the Academy Certified Resume Writer one of the, the highest level credentials as well make sure that you're checking out samples from individuals who are credentialed so that you can look at what's going on with the styles You can get some ideas for how you might want to structure yours. Please don't copy from those examples, right? Those are someone's using those out in the workplace and and you wouldn't want someone copying your information. So don't share that back with them. But it's a great way to see what's out there, what's new, and get some ideas for how you can create your own document. And of course, as Kathy shared, you're always welcome to share your resume with her and she's happy to give you feedback. And you're welcome to do the same through me. And you can connect with me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. You can submit your, your resume there on the Get Started page and I'm happy to give you feedback on 
that as well. So happy writing and hope that you're doing well at putting together your own resume. We'll be right back here next week with more great content around branding next Monday. And we'll be talking about branding for, I think, the next couple of weeks. So if you are having trouble with your brand, we'll be talking about that right here on The Career Confidant. And look forward to seeing you right back here next week. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 